0: Kimberly, Teresa, welcome to the Vessel Academy podcast. It, it, it has been a number of years since I've seen you. We are Zooming now, so it's wonderful to look in your eyes. And um, a little bit of background for our guests. Uh, I studied the esoteric teachings of Buddhism with you uh, for about 14 years. And uh, that was a life-changing ordeal, blessing that has certainly served me well for this period of COVID and um, having the opportunity to pivot from it being just a quarantine to an actual retreat. And so you had blessed me and many other deep friends with the teachings on how to do a retreat and uh, how to be alone and how to commune and come out of the other side of that chrysalis transformed. So, pranams thank you i've mm. made uh the best use of it that is possible and it's it's uh been made this a lot easier than it would have been mm. Mm.
1: yeah michael it's great to be with you um thank you to you for doing the work you know taking it in and actually doing the work and doing retreat so you have those resources available when death inevitably comes, you know uh, and right now we're we're in this moment where we are collectively and individually you know there's an existential threat to our collective well-being, and that's something that uh, in our lineage and in, in this wisdom tradition that we were fortunate enough to study together. We t- turn towards that fact that's actually an early step mm-hmm. right in the in steps on the path to enlightenment or the long rim we turn and we contemplate these things and get ourselves ready so i'm happy to be with you and to reconnect yes in the times of COVID, you know yes <laughs> in these times yeah yes so, so how are you with it
0: um we're we're lovely we had a, a prescient move back in August we were itching to leave the city. Um, mm. I've always loved life upstate and the energy up here and uh, like they say when when the student is ready the teacher appears and a beautiful home appeared and we took it sight unseen I mean, we saw a couple pictures but it came through a friend who has incredible mm. taste and then we moved in September and have been here f- ever since um, before COVID hit, we were going back and forth to the city once every 10 days or so for events, and to do a little bit of work. Mm -hmm. And now it's uh, with the COVID event, it's it's creating an exodus of our friends up into these upstate communities to buy land to build communities to farm. um, And to continue the work outside of the hum of of our scintillating jewel, Manhattan and Brooklyn. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, I, I've thought myself fortunate and recognized, yes, my, you know, my resources and my privilege and that uh, allowed me to see this coming, because that is one mm-hmm. thing that these times of retreat do is you, you can't see everything, but you, you get these trends. And of course, it was also, there were many warnings that a global pandemic um, you don't necessarily need meditation retreat to see that a global pandemic was on the horizon. and um, and now it's climate change, you know, again, that these that we are face to face with this with this reality. And I just also want to recognize and honor whether we were ready for it or not. It's all of the feelings and emotions and grief and joy and preparedness and confusion um, all can arise within, you know, loving presence. And I think that is our job right now, you know, is to those who, is to help people know how to be alone mm-hmm. and that they are not alone. You know, how to be alone and you are not alone. And I don't just mean in this realm, but other realms. How to create a spiritual practice that frankly is preparing for death. And the irony is on the other side of that is Uh, gratitude and clarity and clear seeing and action, you know, Um, and then thrive, you know, thrive within each of our callings, what we can do, you know, and I just love that you're doing this podcast and that I see you're continuing to do your work in the world because I always come back to embodying our gifts within the framework of a spiritual practice is, you know, it's what we can do. Um, so I'm coming back to the wisdom traditions is my response to all of this and have found, um, you know, your call and invitation to do this podcast, uh, is, is all part of that story, right? Because, um, I've been under the radar for quite some years as I, you know, take the esoteric practices that we had studied. In our own wonderful, beautiful, but still what was for me a bubble, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, 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 our beautiful culture that I adore <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, and put it into practice in terms of uh, sort of ordinary life mm-hmm. and raising a child and, and building a business and uh, being a householder. Yeah. Um, and I put my teaching to the side to a large part. To, and get also a Western education, right? Um, I'm in, uh, finishing up my doctorate right now. Um, but I've, I've come back in this time of COVID to, you know, something which I never left. I was just embodying in a different way, which is others right now can point to, a need to point to um, the political uh, troubles we're in, uh, you know, the cultural battles, climate change, you um, you know, the great systemic issues, social justice issues that we have. um, And there's lots of great perspectives and work and necessary work being done on that. But if we don't address our psycho-spiritual health, it's all going to fall apart anyway. And um, yeah, so I'm excited to talk with you. And I'd love to hear from you about what specific wisdom traditions you've learned whether you know with me or with other people
0: mm-hmm. that
1: are really helping you during this time because those frameworks that are so tried and true and tested um, and validated increasingly in Western science as well some of you know some studies and practices um, can really help us during this time so what's helping you
0: you know yeah, yeah absolutely the first of all the truth that humans possess a uh, myriad of intelligences, not just the heady narrative, know about stuff intelligence. We possess emotional intelligence, instinctual animalistic intelligence, intuitive, energetic intelligence, and actually looking at what pushes decision-making, you know, what moves the needle to yes or no, isn't the intellectual one, it's the heart one. It's the gut intelligence. And so from studying with you and the yogic traditions and the tantric traditions and the and the wisdom traditions of Tibet, understanding the frontier between the animal, the physical intelligence, and the consciousness, the, the non-physical aspect, the frontier of the energy body, what animates the animal and what provides the carrier wave for the mind to either be upregulated and anxious or downregulated and depressed how do we work at that frontier so that we can access that intelligence which is as the Zen tradition says good horse runs at the shadow of the whip That we can feel things before they happen that precognitive capacity is there to have knowings that aren't just informational but fully embodied knowings and this guides our path so that has served me over and over again and transgressing it has also shown me where I tried to use the wrong intelligence at the wrong time and the compassion side of these practices is the fact that we learn through trial and error I don't know another way to do it and so kicking oneself in the teeth for quote-unquote mistakes is really an outdated model and slows the whole ah, ho, process man. down
1: that's right Aho! Ah, it's just silly and it's ineffective you know and you're summing up in your you know your beautiful language uh, the tools of you know such a subtle body awareness and and um and energetics that we can get underneath all of the constructs to that i think of it as the instinctual mm you know, pulse that is underneath everything, you know, that just reactivity that... So I also really appreciate what you said. It's, if we could, you know, share what's working for us and what it seems people have the choice choices to make right now in terms of whether they resource themselves to support integration and adaptation, resilience, thriving, creativity, uh, you know, and and, all, and also recognizing the deep pain and the deep difficulty of just mere survival that so many people have, mm-hmm. um, you know, that they get resourced for, for what they need. And then those who degrade, as you say, and, and we fall into, you know, when we, these experiences happen, our consciousness contracts for all of us, right? Um, and are are we resourced as a society, society and a community to deal with that? I don't think so. Um, and throwing away our spiritual traditions has has not helped that issue
0: yes I mean it's funny at the beginning of our our conversation you said how to be alone without feeling alone and i don't know if you're you're not alone i don't know if you're reading my mind but i i had released a course a few months back called that about how to be um, in, in quarantine how to stay at home and use that time as a chrysalis for retreat and to stop running. How to honor mm. what's been covered over by our our busyness, and all of us are busy, but now that we are forced to stop, yet mm. our inner gears are not going to just stop any more than if I turn off the the burner on a bo- on a boiling pot of water, the water is just going to come to room temperature. It doesn't happen. We have to be able to honor. Those energies that have been stirred up, and that having been a precedent, so that when it settles, we can begin to fathom our depths, our wounds, and it's not fun, but this is the, this is the frontier of healing, mm-hmm. and it, it is mm-hmm. it is a yes! it is a bloody privilege because it, this information has been um, occulted. You know, in in favor of mechanical forms of of spiritual practice, and it's also um, not widely available, particularly for people who are uh, n- never knew about it or never in the presence of someone who could pass it to them.
1: Uh, yes, and uh, aren't we so fortunate? My goodness, these precious gems of humanity, you know, which to me is you know, from my seat and my perspective, the Indo-Tibetan tradition, you know, which is so rare to have had. I mean, Michael, we have a direct lineage way back, you know, from from mouth to student of these advices. And um, so much we have to take within the lens in the context of modern modernity and modern psychology and what what is cultural trappings and what's the essence of these teachings. But there's so much there. Um, yeah, we're so fortunate. I, I'm lost in gratitude now. I don't even know where I was going with that. Yeah, yeah. I, feel,
0: I feel it too. Well, yeah. the, this yeah. trinity of teachings that you imparted to me um, of the Vajrayana, the Tantra, the Mahayana, the, the open teachings, but more about um, how to become whole for others so that we can be um, in service at multiple levels in any kind of relationship and then the the Hinayana Shama practice how to get our own spiritual shit together before we dare to go and say I could help someone else I could I could be of use to mm-hmm. someone else those three braiding together with uh, plant medicine experiences with um, mm-hmm. ayahuasca and mushrooms uh, the shamanic path it to me it's been like if you took 10 years of therapy and smushed it into a month long solitary retreat, which you showed me how to do, and you took a month long solitary retreat and smushed it into seven hours in a plant medicine ceremony, that ability to um, be with the veils dropped in the vibratory world to step towards the ego I don't like to say ego death I'd say the ego transcending experience without losing your shit and being able to integrate all that's revealed in that period of time and then live it unpack it over years in service to others like this this has been my passion since uh, our path diverged years ago and I have to say my confirmation of the contemplative traditions the wisdom traditions and the plant medicine technologies for the, now I'm not saying for everyone but for me it's been a, a massive accelerator and a massive um, ability to clean up and wake up
1: mm, good I'm glad I'm glad to hear that integration Yes, um, and I'm I'm relieved to hear that your plant medicine experiences have been so positive for you, you know, and that you have those tools because those realms are real, you know, I mean, that is. uh, That is one of the main, I think, gifts of Vajrayana in particular, um, the Vajrayana Tibetan Buddhist tradition is. It's a story of the of those realms and how we interact with them. And when I'm saying, you know, this is all part of this COVID, post COVID, this new era we're in. Um, I, you know, it seems to to me, and and apparently a lot of you know others are saying this as well. It's a common theme in our collective. Of the, you know, we are not alone. Um, whether it's the UFO revealings that are being happen happening. Um, for me, it's, it's, it's interdimensional realms, it's intradimensional realms, it's, um, we can call them angels or demons, you know, the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, shamanic tradition is full of these uh, other realities. And I certainly live that every day, you know, as a reality. And I think this facing depth is going to bring us to potentially those other realms of existence inside and out. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't mean just little green men, although I'm sure that they're there. I don't, you know, I I know you, you know what I mean, but in the context of the listeners, it's, I think it's much more subtle than that. Um, And even a return to the iconic, maybe angels and demons from the variety of traditions Mm -hmm. might be something we see as people seek meaning again as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, we we were having a dinner last night for my partner's birthday and, Mm. um, it's a beautiful group of people at the table and in these days very you're very careful with who we invite you know you have to ask how long have you been quarantined etc um so it's almost like having sex with someone for the first time and saying let me see have you been tested for xyz um right so we were at the table for birthday and someone said something really profound and everyone got chills and that experience of having the hair on your body stand on end for me is that subtlety that vulnerability of something true resonating and then our electrical bodies our nervous systems waking up to be able to feel things that are far more subtle than our five physical senses normally ga- uh, give access to and the language and the spectrum of experiences within that energetic realm that gives people i like to say that they be, they either say they're, they're moved or they're riveted and usually both allows for these um, powerful epiphanies to dawn on them and for me that's totally tantra that that is the the self-secret experience of epiphany being epiphany prone but at the same time not misusing or reifying the substances the practices as absolutely effective all the time because that is not true at the same time I think that truth Mm -hmm. is what I would love to see proliferating more as people are starting to turn to the plant realm to rend the veil and have these profound um, experiences but in a way that is safe and sane
1: Oh, uh, yes, because I've heard, you know, being in the position uh, as a teacher, I've had the chance to hear different people's stories. And I'd say it's 50-50 in terms of positive integration, as far as I can tell with plant medicine, mm-hmm. right? So just my anecdotal observation. So it definitely takes guides and that safety, right? And and perhaps that lock was necessary as well, right? We we never, a positive experience doesn't often come from a joyful experience Mm -hmm. if you know the Mm -hmm. most painful in other words the most painful encounters teach us the most but we must cultivate I believe I'm hearing this theme as well uh, that safe container Uh, so as friends together we can hold each other as we go through these waves and further strengthen our ability to hold ourselves which is usually much harder right as we as all of our different personalities and intelligences and traumas arise, we hold it all with unconditionally loving presence. Yes. And that is what we finally find in retreat. What is it? You know, for lucky, if we have a good retreat, you know, 10 days in, 21 days in, where the din inside quiets enough, you know, to be able to just begin to watch the inner chorus and watch the inner din. And let it all arise in love and and begin to work with that and and that that's spiritual practice, right? Mm-hmm. So I do think that is our, our a, a gift of, of Vajrayana as well, and and the practices of Vajrayana, which lead to that skill, right um, And that level of consciousness of, of witness stabilized. Loving, unconditional witness.
0: Yeah. For so many people who are interested in Tantra, which we're referring to as Vajrayana, um, for the curious aspirant, and I know everyone is a snowflake, right? There's no one way for everyone, particularly in Tantra, right? That is the intimate breath to ear uh, transmission. So I'm asking you an impossible question here. In general, for someone who is interested in Tantra, and there are so many forms, uh, what would be your best advices for entering that path safely and um, integratively with what they've been working with?
1: Uh I know no better answer than what my own teachers and what the lineage, you know, says. The texts, um, it seems like they're right after 20, Mm. 30 years of practicing myself and then observing so many. (laughs) Of course we make it our own, you know, but, uh, the song comes through us as our own song. Um, but it's find a school and a teacher, you know, spiritual practice is a framework just like anything else, you know, um, and if you want to get good at something, you dedicate yourself to a certain technique and a method for some period of years. And so you, you find a framework that, that, that speaks to your soul. You know, it could be contemplative Christianity. It could be, you know, you can find Tantra there. If, if you have the causes for Tantric consciousness or awakened consciousness, you know, divine reality to, to ripen, they will come knocking down your door, right? So until then, you know, find a, a school, a teacher, uh, a legit, a legit lineage. In my opinion, uh, mm-hmm. tends to be um, tends was important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, to have a, an actual written lineage. The Indo-Tibetan tradition uh, is so rich, and there's so many different schools, and it's thousands of years old. Um, and there's such beautiful texts on, you know, the devotion to spiritual development to consciousness development and you know for me when our paths diverged the past eight years or so um i went and took all of that and all that practice and the many many years of solitary retreat and the the many many years of study and and years of teaching that i had done and i as i said got ordinary and i also went into the western academy i wanted to uh study human development and developmental psychology and really you know integrate and uh these frameworks um so you can find that even in developmental psychology that itself can be a spiritual practice for you we find a lot of the spiritual practices in positive psychology but the first step is choose one choose a framework and find somebody to teach it to you you know humbly start if you're interested in indo-tibetan buddhism in particular um who in my you know for me and and others to have a culture devoted for so many centuries to spiritual evolution and consciousness evolution as a main goal so so much so that they made their the head of their church the head of their state you know the dalai lama um there's so much richness there and so then with great caution and awareness that nobody is perfect and to to have a mature view of spirituality, um, find a teacher. That's it. Lam rim, man. You know, steps to enlightenment. Start at the beginning. Find a teacher. Um, it's not something you learn alone. It's happen. It happens in relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. You no. Know? I have a. I completely agree with you. Um, I mean, I, I have many teachers. Yeah. And not all of them are. Physical. Sometimes they may have come through a book. Like, I never met Joseph Campbell. I never met Alan <laughs> Watts. These are cats that are t- incredible teachers with timeless wisdom, yet there isn't that accountability of talking with another living person and staying under wing with them. Um, I have many friends that are like, well, Ram Dass is my teacher. And, you know, Ram Das died. They never met Ram Das. Full respect to Ramdas, but they're not under wing, like when you are with someone. So how do you work? How do you help someone who, not help, but how do you advise someone who has adopted that idea that someone who's no longer here, let's say, Paramahansa Yogananda, he's my Lama, but they never met him. They have no actual contact with the person. Mm-hmm
1: yeah i I'd, I'd be curious just about how it's working for that person you know more than is that the right thing to do right like how is that working for you we will evolve through different ways of practicing our spirituality as we grow even me and you you know uh every single person evolves as their consciousness evolves or, or the ego development is we say in developmental psychology um we will See it differently if we're lucky, you know, um, so that might work for somebody for a while Mm -hmm. Um, or it might not. You know, I think the effort you put into something equates with the results you get. So some of us were kind of nuts and threw our entire lives into their spiritual path. And not everybody is necessarily ready to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, you know, I have a child now. It's very different reality. You know and my spiritual path has to look different and it's sweeter than it ever has been you know? so i'd ask them how it's working for them is my answer to that mm-hmm. you
0: know yeah yeah but the um it can look in so many different ways I, I i one of the things i've got the most from studying the little bit of the wilburian technique is also rooted in the Vow that Buddhists have not to argue, and debate mm-hmm. is embraced. But debate is different than argue in that we start from a point of agreement in a debate, mm-hmm. whereas an argument is just you know a pissing show. So when when we're working with someone, let's say who's in almost a fundamentalist way of seeing the world, whereas uh, we may be coming from a more integrated perspective. Uh, I've found that the, finding that point of agreement that uh, is key so that there's the respect, the, the sense that, hey, I'm going to listen to you without already having my mind made up. And then mm-hmm. we can explore mm-hmm. each other's perspectives and not necessarily even have to agree, but that respect was exchanged and there was a friendliness there. I know more about you than I did.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's so needed right now in this world, you know, just circling back to the circumstances that we find ourselves in when we can't even really talk to each other. Families can't talk to each other. You know, the division, the polarity, it's it's absolutely a necessary skill. And again, there's different, people are ready for different things at different times, but it comes back to our need for psycho-spiritual resourcing and resilience. And to understand, for example, how to have a conversation because we don't learn it in school. Mm-hmm. You know, and and how, you know, um, even if we haven't awakened to the great compassion of, oh, I can see that your constructs are different than my constructs. You know, I mean, that's a pretty mature capacity. Right. So even just agreeing to disagree can be a challenge for people. Mm -hmm. Right. Especially when we're triggered. And right now, all of us, to some extent, individually or collectively are experiencing, you know, this event, you know, um so yeah I that's why I think this work is is so important if there's one thing we need in the world right now it's getting beyond one-way seeing you know true curiosity about what can I learn from this other person even though I might completely agree and true compassion you know for even even the people of the opposite political party that are, are arising inside of us and outside of us yes you know
0: it gets very challenging and more myopic when the personal safety comes into to play. You know, when you have oh, protesters yeah, saying this is a hoax, or just to see Bolsonaro's behavior, which fills me with wrath, um, risking the safety and the lives of others, and they 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 really believe that it's a hoax. Or they really believe it's about. Um, laws being disrespected in in terms of man's law versus nature's law which is this virus doesn't give a fuck about what you believe no one has any immunity to it it's a completely different world now moving forward and I think when it comes into that dichotomy of views you know, um, it becomes very difficult not to, you know, those. if the first chakra is a square, not to have the corner, the pointy side of the squares start to butt heads.
1: Ooh, what a metaphor. I love that. Okay. So, yeah. First chakra, butting heads. Um, hell yeah. And then where do you find your point of agreement? You know, like we're, we're supposed to start in debates with, okay, sometimes it's just not there, right? Yeah. The, the Wilberian, as you said, uh, Michael's referring to Ken Wilbur, uh, the great, you know, integrator and the many, many amazing, uh, traditions and disciplines from all over the world that have influenced his work, Ken Wilber's work. Um, Ken Wilber's work really, really helps, help me understand that issue. Like how I could have a conversation with somebody in my family and there is somebody in my family who is, is what you're describing is vehemently, um, believes that individual rights and individual liberties are more important than the rights of the collective. Mm-hmm. And that and that's their collective. Their collective is me and my family, or maybe just me. You know, that's as far as, and, and ego development explains this. And then it helps us have compassion. You know, when we can zoom out and look at the issue from 20,000 feet, compassion can be found. You know, and, and it can be an embodied experience, not just a mental experience like, wow, they really believe so fiercely that their collective, who they see as themselves, is being threatened. Their liberty, liberties are being threatened so much that they're going out and doing this. Wow. And then you can start to you figure out what the value is and the belief is that's driving them. And maybe then we can have a conversation about liberty, right? Mm-hmm. Um that's about us asking a lot of questions and not us providing answers. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's also why Michael, a developmental view, you know, I loved how you said you've got, you know, your yoga and then the Indo-Tibetan tradition and then plant medicine. And this integration is the authentic you now, right? This is and music yourself that you are. And the, oh, of course, I mean, music is so you that I didn't even mention it. Right. So this is you. And, um, you know, for me, it's definitely Indo-Tibetan Buddhism, uh, integral theory to a large extent, um, and developmental psychology, you know, Um, and consciousness studies, the study of consciousness. And that's how I've been spending my time. And it does give us great compassion and understanding that I also am that. I am not that person, not not that person who is protesting, right? Mm -hmm. They are arising in me too. This is all arising in me too. Because I am not, my collective is not separate from that, right? They are in my collective. I might not be in theirs, but they're in mine, right? Mm -hmm. So. I don't know. It's just fascinating how our interconnectedness right now, I've been really surprised how I've been really trying to be open to the novel, you know, the new as, as these systems have changed as I'm suddenly homeschooling, as I'm living in our second home, our retreat center, uh, you know, retreat home. uh, And, um, you know, just living a, a, a different existence as well. And and one of the things I've been open to is how can I, how come my own belief structures, how, what needs to change, you know, where where can I be surprised? And you know, I've been looking at my own spiritual arrogance and some, you know, realizing that the person who I feel like I need to, like I want to bow to right now, are the essential workers. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy who's delivering my packages wearing the Trump hat, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. He's making it possible for me to have, in a totally remote location, you know, to be a part of this system and the economy and ed- educate my son better and and do my work, you know? Um, the satellite guy who came out, you know, who was not wearing a mask, didn't want to wear a mask, you know, mm-hmm. um, who made it possible for us to have this conversation. Yes. Because we are not separate, and so that's been lovely to to see in myself a little bit.
0: Yes, I I, so many things are awakened from your share Um, as a tantrika, and I see that path as uh, a beautiful path of exploring diverse views. For example, I'm a new uh, gun owner now. Three weeks ago, I purchased my first long gun. After doing a lot of research, after being surprised when I went home to, to visit my parents three years ago, and my mom <laughs> pulling out a 38 out of her clutch. And my, my mother's the type that if she's gonna throw away English peas, like one looks a little off, right? She puts a, another pea. In there with him so he's not lonely in the trash okay that's my mom's heart never would hurt a fly yet for for home protection and understanding how to use this tool right they started to get into it and my dad is like the head of, of firearm safety at their local range and so through my family I've slowly got into it and now you know when my mentor was like hey you're doing great on your prep front but where's your protection and I looked and saw, well, almost all the guns got bought out. You know, it's even hard to get common ammo. Um, and I went and did that homework and on an accelerated course did it. F- from a tantric view, going in to look at uh, what is the mentality when you walk into a firearm store, what is the mentality around it given different states' laws, I feel that it's, it's increased... I don't want to even say compassion because it sounds fucking haughty, but it's increased uh, understanding and respect for these things that normally lie outside the purview of quote-unquote spiritual expression, like Om Shanti and all that, which I'm for. But at a certain point, it just gets to be fucking Pollyanna. And it's like, are, are you like pretending here? Or is this something that's actually gone into you cellularly?
1: Oh, yeah. No shit's got real, you know shit has gotten real, you know, and uh and that's what Tantra is, you know it's meant it's it's taking uh you know all the spiritual practices out of the cave and into you know deep into the most difficult parts of society and India was not a an easy place to live a thousand years ago either. there was a lot of pestilence and you know problems and um yeah, Tantra's designed for this. To include it all with discernment, and that's where discernment is key. I really love your story, Michael, because uh, it really gets into that category of the, the things I surprise myself—you know, with COVID or you know the new adaptations we're doing, mm-hmm. um, such as you're probably the fourth male friend that is definitely the sensitive, postmodern yoga, smart yoga, successful—you you would never think would buy a gun type. And has done the same thing. The fourth. Mm. Um, so again, there's a collective response. You know, we're all in 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 the sixth and beyond senses. If we've cultivated those capacities, there, we're having a collective response, and and for lots of different motivations, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, the tantric response is discernment is what is the most important thing is. Uh, you're living in a, in the spontaneous moment, taking right action. And, you know, not running away from the world, but fully engaged in, in the way that is aligned with your own gifts, with a deep, deep realized understanding of ultimate reality. You know, that is, they call it Vajrayana because it's the diamond way. And what that means is continually evolving You know, development of body, mind, soul, spirit, you know, all of those things, which means refining our own wisdom and our own clear seeing as a practice.
0: Yes. Uh, A huge aha moment that happened a few years ago in Paris as I was um, looking at Tony Robbins' six basic human needs which is kind of leaping off of the maslow's need hierarchy of needs and and those six dovetailed with the six chakras and how below the belt the lower three chakras and more the self you know i me consciousness uh, of needing first stability and certainty and then a certain amount of freedom an ability to play and color outside the lines and adventure, the second chakra, creativity, sexuality, money, flow. And then the third chakra is fire, the need for significance. Like when we post something, we check, did anybody give a fuck about that? Did it get liked or not? You know, did it get shared or not? The need for significance. And those are important to have a healthy ego. But then comes this place between the third and fourth chakras. Or the the place of i think it's called the vishnu granti this large mm-hmm. knot that many people seem to have a rite of passage uh delivered to push them through the i centered consciousness with this this ego that has been cultivated need to be cultivated but then how do we go from the i to the we and that blockage there that can look like so many different things. It could look like tribalism, it could like look like nationalism, and it could look like the individual practitioner awakening into a bodhisattva.
1: Collective, yes. And all of those things it will look like as we grow up and as our spirituality grow up, it will look like all those things, right? And it will continue to do. And I love that we're coming back around to this because I think for us now, and certainly in my past, and as we look towards the future, right, um, and our responsibility um, as teachers, uh, how can we create We Spaces, Mm -hmm. which I know you're already doing, and you have done for many years, and I've had my work in that too. But how can we further evolve the We Spaces to create, for example, in my case, I started doing it, as you know, 10, 15 years ago create a container where psycho spiritual development can happen you know and uh, over the years as i started to increasingly create we space psychological group exercises and not just sitting there listening to me lecture about buddhism for 2 hours right um, yeah especially in the later groups you know that we space i think is is essential it's essential for us right now we need to Create concrete collectives, subtle collectives, and meta collectives where we are never alone and we actually get together, as you said at the beginning of this call, face to face, you know, and be with each other and practice together.
0: Yes, there's a yeah. there's a I don't even want to use the word exodus, but it kind of feels like that. Let's say a, a hyper migration. Of city folks with the upstate people called city, it's by the way. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah. Wanting to get out of the city for obvious reasons during COVID. And there's been, uh, for the last 15 years, uh, a movement of, of the progressives, the artists, uh, upstate, and, and even before that. But now it's starting to be a very progressive series of pockets of communities to be together. Um, outside of the hum of the city and you know in our dinner the other night we we kind of all looked around and and said okay you know obviously these are the people we choose to be with during a time that it's potentially dangerous or deadly to be with others and what we all share is a is a quiet it's like a collective of introverts because we don't want the communal thing that would be annoying for us We want to be together, but with people who are whole as individuals and have the training to be in solitude so that when we do come together, it is enriching and not just restless uh, cohabitation.
1: Yes, yes, sir. The The inner chorus is quieted to that one voice and then that silence that just watches it all arise, right? And when, the, when you can get around, all you need is like one other person in the room who's at that, in that state, who's vibing at that state as a center of gravity. And then everyone starts to, you can all start to you know, feel that depth and go there if you've had access to it, right? Mm-hmm. And for some people, it will be a extraordinary mind-blowing experience because it's so new. And for others, it will be more of an everyday reality depends on whether it's a state or a stage either way it's amazing that's what we need right now is that real depth of connection which has been lost in the miasma you know it's just um, but it's coming back it's coming back you know
0: yes It's coming back. That's something that you, you said for a long time that the the next Buddha is the Sangha the collective mm-hmm. consciousness the hive mind um, just like my heart is not made of one cell it's a swarm of cells required to resonate together to make one organ inside of a cellular community called Michael and Mm -hmm. it lines up with Jesus's words about when when more than two of you are gathered together in my name in the Christ consciousness and the anointed I'm there And it, for more people to honor the different respective traditions, but see the commonality in it, I would—that would be a dream in this lifetime. That the the beautiful mm-hmm. depth, richness, nutrition of the of the spectrum of spiritual traditions, particularly the contemplative sides, could come forward and cohabitate, and really people could see like the buddha the, the muhammad the christ as the same being with different names
1: mhm yes yes or different beings with the same name not quite the metaphor i was going for but yes it's all different manifestation and there's a lot of other beings out there yeah who you knows know how many? those beings don't work for you i i recommend listeners Tonight you ask your own personal, benign, helpful being to come. You're not sure sure who your being is, then you have to, here's a secret. I'm going to give you a secret. You have to ask, you have to ask for them to come. And everybody has got certain, you know, support right now that we're not accessing in various realms. You know, so that is my deep wish my friend you know um i used to for years describe it as you know just i want the i want to be a midwife mm-hmm. to that that knowing that being that reality you know um because it's such a deep well for us all to tap into mm-hmm.
0: yeah exactly that that's one of the quiet not-so-quiet powers of being a musician as that we can be a channel for that energy to come through and uh, you could have musicians from all different traditions and warring nations and if they're playing together they're in the same band riding the same mm-hmm. wave at different points on that wave to bring it through it's it's such a power and what you speak mm-hmm. to to me is like the the need for prayer, the the call, the the wisdom to knock, the ability to say I don't know without that meaning that I'm a fool, and the ability to be a meditator and listen, and be able to hold that space to receive the download.
1: Yes, yes, thank you. I, I think there's uh it's a it's a power tool that's a necessity right now. You know, an evolutionary tool where we can develop these extra extra senses beyond the five senses, you know, uh, that we've talked about. And resting in the not knowing is also very comforting. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I have some senses, right? We see these patterns and senses and and try and plan accordingly, uh, take action accordingly. But just like in death meditation, we don't know when. We don't know how, but we know it's happening, right? But embracing that not knowing can really lead to some powerful actions, surprisingly.
0: Yeah, for me, the dead end in a spiritual technique is when it's about trying to find an answer. You know, Mm -hmm. let's take the the vibratory power of the multiverse and try to pin it down into a word that's like the ultimate blasphemy, the ultimate dead end. Mm Mm -hmm. but that's the scary thing too the leap into the unknown and and what will I become what must I let go of to become what have I been holding on to for so long without knowing it
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's not a journey for the faint of heart you know but now is the opportunity you know growth isn't pretty right but it's beautiful as we like to say and now's the time and if you if you don't feel you know listeners that you have the psycho-spiritual resources then go find them it's all about you have everything you need for this it's all available it's all available you just need to ask you need to ask for help inside and you need to look for resources outside right and get yourself ready if you're not because now now here we are what else are we going to do this is like a be, and this is a time for being practices less doing practices you know this is the time to really work on those interiors as you're saying you know to to do the 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 detect, psychodetective mm-hmm. work of cleaning up your shadows reengaging with a spiritual practice uh, relying on a framework and you know giving yourself the scaffolding to emerge from that chrysalis that we've all been shoved into yeah
0: well we're going to leave it here. We are out of time and it's so good to see you. Thank you for all that you do and all that you've done, all that you will do. And let's not, let's let, mm. let years go by again. Okay.
1: Mm. Thank you, Michael. Love you. Love you too. Love seeing please, you.
0: please squeeze everybody in the family and send our love from the East Coast. All right. I will. Bye.